This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Dealing with this pandemic is not easy for anyone, but it's especially hard on doctors, nurses, and our healthcare workers. We are joined by clinical nurse practitioner Pauline Mumalo, who will tell us more about how COVID-19 has affected her and how life is on the front lines. Thank you so much, Mum Pauline, for joining us here on the COVID Report. And firstly, how has the period of COVID-19 pandemic affected you as a healthcare worker? Thank you for having me in this um, conversation. I appreciate this time of being here. The question, how has it affected me as a healthcare worker? Um, You are a human being, you are a person. Obviously, you, you receive the news with shock. You are shocked, just like everybody else. Wow, what's going on? What's happening? And deny, no, it's not happening. It's not true. Uh, it's, it's, you, you kind of go into a disbelief um, state until you hear, oh, well, the whole world is going through this. So you can't, you can't just deny it for long. And then um, you start accepting it. You accept, okay, it's here. So what do we do? Oh, my word, what do we do now? And uh, there's a call for duty. And uh, you just want to help. You just want to work. You just want to do what um, you can do to help the situation. But the problem now is how do you do it? So, yeah, that's, that's what you go through as, as a healthcare worker. And physically and psychologically, how has your well-being tested as a professional healthcare nurse during this time? Oh, well, um, physically, as a healthcare professional, it's, it's a stressful era and it's, it's, it's quite hard on the body. You are fatigued because now the working conditions, obviously, they change. It's not what you used to, it's not the routine you used to. Um, it, 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 it is taxing on your body. You, can, you, you become tired, you become fatigued. It, it challenges your physical fitness. Um, it, it also challenges your, your medical fitness. I mean, if, if you've got some medical issues and then here comes this stressful environment, it also affects your medical conditions. So this is where now you make sure, you really make sure that you are complying to whatever medical conditions and requirements you are in and you make sure that you do the right thing to take care of your physical state. Otherwise, you crash. Yeah. And then um, psychologically, obviously, it, it, it comes with anxiety, with fear, with stress. And, you know, but at the same time, you, you suppress the emotions because you want to be calm. You want to be the brave one around everyone because you know, you're supposed to be a professional. But at the same time, it's taxing when you realize, oh, my goodness, I don't know what I'm supposed to be knowing. And not to know when you are expected to have all the answers, it puts you in a state of uh, like helplessness. And uh, sometimes you go like, I also don't know. But then at the same time, the pressure pushes you to just want to learn. And you go to learn fast. You learn fast. You try to get as much information as you can so that you can be of 
kind of help to, to, to people around you and to the profession at large, you know. Now, Sis Pauline, you've mentioned that your routine changed, the working conditions changed. Please, can you share with our listeners how this happened? What changes have you experienced because of the pandemic? Okay, so so the changes that happens, um, your routine, it changes. Like now you must start wearing masks. You, you wear masks from beginning to end of your shift which is really difficult and um, you, you make sure that you know all of the, the, the protocols that have been set in place you got to follow them to the last T otherwise you risk getting infected you risk uh, taking the infection home you risk infecting other um, workers as well you risk infecting even your patients so cross infection there so yeah that's that's how things uh, changed in, in my routine and has covid-19 given you a different perspective as a professional healthcare nurse and do you still enjoy the work you do even with all these changes the new knowledge and the pressure oh yeah um <laughs> the different perspective um Yes, kind of, yes. I mean, COVID-19 pandemic has kind of highlighted or it has reminded me and everybody else how important the the, the health um, sector is, you know. Um, I think somewhere along the line, nursing and, and healthcare professionals were looked down upon. Uh, truth be told, it, it got to a point where nurses and doctors and everyone who works in the medical field were looked at as, as like mm, nothing, you know. But <laughs> with the, 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 the COVID-19 pandemic, what's happening now? The nurses are there in the front line. The doctors, every health uh, uh, practitioner, every health worker is right there in the front line and who are the heroes of the day uh, who are the backbones of the day who are the frontliners of the day it's nurses it's it's healthcare workers it's the people that were looked at as as um kind of uh, uh, nothing today they are heroes um so that 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 is a is a different perspective it's a new one, but it's it's been there all along. I mean, nurses and and healthcare workers they they are the the backbone of of a society, you know. Yeah, and one other thing, um, the the, the COVID nineteen pandemic has has helped to highlight, you know, um, some of the issues, like most of the issues that that have been there in the Department of Health, uh, that that were never taken seriously like the resources the staffing the training salary etc etc things like that i don't even want to go deep into that but yeah all of these things they they give you a different perspective a new one that has been there all this time but um all i can say is that uh more, most of of the healthcare workers they, they, they've stood this test. They, they've been there. It showed that uh, healthcare workers, they are, they are called. They are not hired. You know, when you're hired, you quit. You quit anytime. 
But when you are called, you stay in there. Whatever challenges you face, you stay in there. Uh, enough staff or not enough staff, you stay in there. You know, enough salary or not, you stay. You know, so yes, um, that's that's what is going on. And yes, I love my job. It's enjoyable. It's fulfilling. It's 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 my calling. I love it, and um, I will still stay. You know, hard as it may be. Sometimes it breaks you when you lose patience and all of that, but you have to continue. There's another patient waiting for your help, waiting uh, to, be, to be taken care of by you. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's quite an enjoyable, fulfilling job. Such an important line there that healthcare workers and nurses are called. They are not just hired, something that's really going to stick with me and with our listeners. Now, being on the forefront of this pandemic may have fostered some fear, as you have mentioned, and uncertainty of heightened risk of infection. How have you dealt with this uncertainty and how are you continuing to deal with the possible risk of infection? Ah, uh, yes, certainly yeah, there, is, there is a lot of fear. Um, I can't lie. And uh, you fear the risk of infection and um, the uncertainty of actually what's going on. But um, the, the only way to overcome fear is to know what to deal with. So it's very important to get as much information and knowledge as possible. Um, this thing is here and it's going to be here. We don't know for how long. So get a lot of information and know how to deal with it. We've got uh, people that, that are dedicated to, to, to researching and, and giving us you know, feedback step by step. I mean, we've got people like Dr. Zueli, we've got people like Professor Karim who are doing a great job, you know, infectious disease specialists. They keep us updated, you know, each time they discover something, they update us and you have to keep up with those updates so that you can be able to kind of do the right thing and do things that um, you're supposed to be doing so that you minimize the risk of infection and you are you are bold you are brave to go on and face this thing you know um, an enemy you doesn't you, you don't know is the enemy that will defeat you but uh, an enemy that you know i think definitely you can defeat it so that's 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 that you have to know as much as you can and with knowing as much as you can and all the fantastic knowledge that has been shared, how are you making sure your family is safe? What have you done to ensure that your family isn't infected? That's a tough one. Hey? Um, you, you go to work and then you come back at the end of the day and you're thinking, oh my word, am I full of COVID all over my body? What do I do when I get home? Yeah, but um, the first thing I did when I walk through the house or when I walk in the house, I, I just take off all my clothes, put them in the washing machine or you no, know, in the bath, whatever. And then I go into the shower, take a shower, make sure nobody touches me until I've had a, a bath and a shower and um, I've had a change of clothes. And then after that, you can come out. Hi, everybody. But yeah, you minimize as much interaction as possible. Uh, no hugging. Uh, no kissing, you know, um, well, 
yeah, stuff like that. But then this is like, like now over and above the usual basic hygiene, hygiene uh, um, things which you have to practice. You know, we all know that hand washing is very important and then um, sanitizer all over the place, door handles, phones constantly. You know, this, this is something you need to keep on teaching your family uh, to do. And then it's a continuous process. And then you, you limit as much, as much as possible interaction with family. Family that are not staying with me, I do not visit. They stay where they are, I stay where I am. And then um, above all, you, you reinforce the healthy diet and then exercise. We exercise in the house before uh, there was easing of lockdowns. We will do like walking right inside the house, walking in the yard and all of that. Um, groceries, when you come back from grocery shopping, you sanitize, you, you clean everything that can be cleaned, you know. And um, But above all, you try and keep a happy family, happy environment, stress-free environment, a love family, care for them. Find out how are you, because it's very important, you know, a good state of mind um, is another weapon to fight any kind of infection in the body. So you try as much as possible to, to be happy in the family, love each other, care for each other, love at things, laugh at mistakes, laugh at whatever. And yeah, life goes on <laughs> with the virus around us. But yeah, we just have to keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. And this is something that clearly has been adopted in our move to level two lockdown. How has the easing of lockdown restrictions affected your work and the patients or cases that you are dealing with during this pandemic? Has anything changed with the levels? Definitely there is some some effects there because now we're starting to see more and more patients uh, starting to come out and honoring their appointments because before they will miss their appointments because they are scared to come out or um, they are scared to catch the infection out there or they've been locked in, they can't move around. Uh, so recently we're starting to see more and more people coming out and honoring their appointments and um, attending to their health needs. Yeah, that have been left uh, uh, for, for a very long time because now they were afraid to come out. Yeah, stuff like that. But <laughs> negatively as well, we see that the easing of lockdown uh, come with uh, problems such as now the safety measures are safety measures are, are, are starting to be relaxed by people masks ma masks yeah masks are forgotten at home or in the car or in the pocket or in the bags like or they're badly worn under the chin or on the forehead or like the virus is not dead, it's still very much alive. It's just the lockdown has been eased. It doesn't mean that the virus is gone. So this is the challenge we are now facing. People will walk in, as they walk in, they just take off their mask in the consulting room. Like, why do you take off your mask? 
uh, they don't even know how to explain it. So you have to keep on again, reinforce. Please wear your mask properly. Doesn't help to wear a mask uh, badly because it won't protect you. So yeah, it, it comes with, with all of those uh, challenges. We still have to keep on reinforcing, you know, the wearing of masks and the hand sanitizing and the washing of hands, social distancing. Ah, now people can just group together and don't even, you can see that they don't worry about anything. So yeah, that's, that's what has come along with the easing of the, of the um, lockdown. And lastly, since the beginning of the lockdown, what are some notable challenges or changes you experienced as a clinical nurse practitioner? Mm, the, the changes that, that we experienced as a clinical nurse practitioner. Yeah, um, since the lockdown started, you know, it's, it's as a person, firstly, you, you, <laughs> your life changes. You can go where you want to go. You can be with family. You can attend functions. You can walk around without feeling fear. And then uh, now at work, wow, you, you, you look at anyone who walks into your room or to your consulting room, into your workspace. Everyone is a suspect from from your colleague to the patient who walks through and um, it becomes a problem you know and then uh, now you've got to wear a mask and they've got to wear masks now how do you communicate how do you show uh, um, non-verbal communication so <laughs> you've learned to smile with your eyes you know you smile with your eyes but yeah basically it's been tough because now when people walk in, you, you wonder, what, what are you doing here? You're supposed to stay indoors, but then you think, oh, by the way, they are not well. They need to be helped. It's not only COVID in this world. You know, there are other health challenges as well that people are faced with. So you, you got to try and help them as much as, as possible, you know, and, uh, you, you you realize the people are scared and they ask you, am I having COVID? Am I sick from COVID-19? And you're like, I really don't know. This is where I've, le I've learned from um, Professor Karim. Sometimes he will say, I don't know. And I will also say, I don't know. But the only way to find out is just to check, to check, to check. And then, yeah, it's, it's been quite very challenging, but um, adaptation is key. We had to adapt and we had to adapt quickly. And we had to learn the new normal of living, uh, wearing masks, smiling with your eyes, and uh, new handshake, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, but... Um, it, it, it has been a very challenging era, but an era that brought us back to basics. Basics of um, hygiene, basics of um, nutrition, basics of care, basics of exercise, basics of loving each other, 
loving one another and loving ourselves. And above all, smiling with our eyes. Smiling with our eyes. That is clinical nurse practitioner Pauline Mumalo sharing with us how COVID-19 has changed her work and being incredibly delightful during these uncertain times. Thank you so much, Ms. Pauline, for joining us here on the COVID Report. It really is my pleasure. And thank you for having me and thank you to the listeners. Um, oh, it's been a pleasure speaking to you and uh, sharing my experience through this journey of uh, being a clinical nurse practitioner during the era of COVID-19. Thank you so much for having me. And may you be blessed and and keep on keeping safe. And uh, I wish you and your family and everyone listening um, to be safe. Now, healthcare workers involved in the response to the COVID-19 pandemic are often required to work in highly challenging conditions and may therefore be at an increased risk of experiencing mental health problems and exposed to trauma and or face moral dilemmas relating to challenges in the delivery of high-quality care. Now, we are joined by Samantha Mangwani, a second-year medical intern doctor, to share what her experience has been like on the front lines. Thank you so much, Samantha, for joining us here on the COVID Report. And firstly, has COVID-19 given you a different perspective as a medical doctor? Thank you, Sipesile. Um, Actually, it hasn't. If anything, it has just highlighted um, the, the reality of the health system and the, and the cracks and the lack of resources that, that our health system has. So it has just um, highlighted everything and um, has proven how the health system is not efficient in, in treating patients efficiently and adequately. Now, a bit more on that answer. Do you enjoy what the work you do and what insufficiencies have you noticed in the health sector? Um, I, I mostly do enjoy them. I do enjoy uh, my work. Um, I enjoy my patient interactions. I enjoy seeing the reward when, when someone comes in quite sick and then after a week or so they, they, they have recovered. Um, so I do enjoy those aspects. But in, in terms of like inefficiencies, I w- I'm, I'm referring to resources in the form of human resources. Um, so we we are we are um, lacking in 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 healthcare professionals, um, not only medical doctors but nurses as well. Um, there's there's a there's a huge uh, um, diversity in in the healthcare system when it comes to uh, the professional sector. So it, that also includes audiologists, speech therapists. I think in our hospital, we only have about four physiotherapists for the whole hospital, and we only have um, one psychologist. Um, the psychologist leaves work at around seven every day. So, um, like I said, um, COVID-19 hasn't um, shown me a different perspective, but it has just emphasized on what is already, um, how our health system is already struggling. So in yeah, that's that's those those are the areas that I'm referring to. 
And speaking a bit more on COVID-19 itself, do you feel that you were ready to face such unusual situations like this pandemic and that your training equipped you? And do you feel that your hospitals were ready for such a pandemic? Definitely not. (laughs) I wouldn't lie. Um, I think as, um, as every healthcare professional, we are taught um, about pandemics, but current pandemics. So we are taught on how to deal with, with hypertension, with diabetes, um, your obesities, um, HIV and TB. So things that have, like there has been studies about them already. Um, but in terms of uh, COVID-19, because um, it, it's, it's changing every day. Every day there were new protocols being released. Um, and obviously everyone was quite anxious about um, the, the, the infectious rate of COVID-19. So we weren't really trained. We did have um, like um, an opportunity to have a training session, but it wasn't like it wasn't like compulsory. You only went there if you, if you thought you needed to go there. So, um, we, yeah, that's a definitely not, we were not ready. Um, and I think most hospitals can agree to this, that we were not ready for this. Um, we were not ready for the burden that um, was coming to us. Um, yeah. And how have you as a medical intern, a doctor-to-be, survived this pandemic? And how has the pandemic affected you? How have you been emotionally, mentally, and what have you been going through? So I, I was quite anxious. Um, I was anxious because of what I had already mentioned previously about um, us lacking resources um, and how we would be able to cope. I was I was anxious that we would be we, we would feel overburdened. We would feel uh, we would eventually get um, burnt out. Um, but I think when push comes to sh- to to shove, you just do what you have to do. So it was quite tiring. I think now we have we we have reached the peak, and now it, the 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 amount of cases per day are, are definitely declining. But yeah, those the days when it was quite high numbers per day, it, it was quite hectic. Um, emotionally, you're you're just anxious all the time, and you and you have to be things that you didn't think about. Like obviously, you wash your hands, you sanitize, but now you have to make sure that every part of your hand is sanitized. You have to make sure that your phone is is properly sanitized, your pen is properly sanitized, your your stethoscope. So it, it it's quite an anxious environment, and and quite um yeah, there's a there's a lot of tension. Um, yeah, so it, it, I was just quite scared and, and quite anxious all the time. Um, I think now I'm, 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 I'm better because of the numbers, obviously. Yeah. Briefly, you touched on the lack of human resources when we came into this pandemic. An adequate level of staffing is crucial to maintain patient care during the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, and you can attest to that. And a lot of your colleagues probably got infected or quarantined. How did this affect the daily runnings and the environment and the hours you worked during the pandemic? So I'm, I'm a junior doctor. Um, 
and how how it works at our hospital and most hospitals is um, there are the jobs for interns. Interns do a certain amount of work, a limited amount of work, and like um, more hectic work or a quote uh, professional work is done by the seniors. Um, in terms of like people in my um, age group or in in my level of 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 work, so the, the interns that I was working with, um, we didn't have. Um, a lot of people that were sick, um, but I remember the the when when COVID had just started, um, I was doing um, a surgery block then, and there was um, there was one one of the interns had had tested positive for COVID, um, and then um, and then now she they had to ask all her contacts. This was about nine interns <laughs> that were self-isolating, and and this was during the early days of of coronavirus. So um, obviously everyone was scared, and yeah, so everyone's everyone's um, anxiety levels were quite high. So then we had to, um, as interns, we had to obviously pick up in, in those areas that those interns that were self-isolating, um, we had to do that work. And that that meant that we, we left a bit later than, than what we usually um, would do. And um, yeah, obviously at the end of the day, you're quite tired and you have to come back the next day because <laughs> there's still patients that you need to take care of. and yeah you still have a job so yeah it that's that's how it it, it um affected us um how it affected me so um we just had to push actually and we are still pushing we yeah it it, it almost feels like there isn't much we can do but to go to work like we don't have an option <laughs> if that makes sense Patients have to be seen. And that actually leads me yeah. to my next question. Where are we now in the fight for the pandemic? Has your environment changed? Are things easing and going back to normal? Many have argued with level two, it's the closest to normal we'll get. How is it for you on the front lines? Have things changed? Um, I would say yes and no. Um, yes, in terms of um, the coronavirus cases ha are, are going down, like I previously mentioned, and like everyone knows, um, when you listen to the news, um, the cases are less, and people that are um, um, are dying from it are becoming less. Um, but I think because of the alcohol ban, and well, it has been lifted, but we all know that until Thursday, that's the only time, like until Monday, until Thursday, you can only buy alcohol. But so I think people like are scared of um, our president um, putting the, the ban up again. Um, we, we, we literally do have more trauma related cases um, than before, even before uh, coronavirus. Um, I think people don't understand um and and um a lot of people say that doctors are being lazy they they want the alcohol ban to be lifted not to be lifted but um 
yeah, people are quite irresponsible when it comes to alcohol. And, you know, cases, yeah, you just see a lot of um, alcohol-related cases where this could be prevented. And there are more of those cases, even though previously we were dealing with those cases, but now it is more. I think it's because people just want to um, drink or or they just want to um, consu- yeah, consume as much alcohol as possible or like buy as much alcohol as possible in case our president um, puts the, the, the ban up again. So um, it's just very intense times for everyone, you know? Yeah. Very intense times indeed, especially for you on the front line. And one of the key roles you have mentioned is that caring for patients needs a lot during a pandemic and it creates an increased risk of infection, which in turn contends with the risk of infecting your family. What measures do you take to make sure you don't get infected? And more importantly, even on the same level, how your family doesn't get infected? Um, So in terms of me not getting infected, I would say that, um, like I mentioned before, like you are, I'm quite careful um, at work. so I'm, I'm very um, cautious when it comes to um, sanitizing everything of mine. So my stethoscope is, before I leave work, I always sanitize it. Um, I wash my hands more regularly in between patients. I sanitize as well. Um, and everything I use, so my pen, my clipboard that I sanitize, um, my phone as well, I sanitize it. Um, and I make sure that when I get home, I I immediately undress and then, if possible, go and take a shower. Um, and in terms of um, preventing infection from family members, I, I have socially distanced from them. Um, so, yeah, so until, until obviously now when um, the president did say we can we can visit our family members um because you, at the end of the day it's it's a it's it's quite a tricky situation you you need the support you know you need support but you also are scared to infect your family members because some of your family members have comorbidities so you're scared and especially working in a high risk environment you're scared that what if i'm carrying it and i'm asymptomatic i'm lucky i haven't tested positive but you know before i had even tested i i was i was quite worried like what if i go up there and go see my mom go see my sisters um and i'm carrying it and i give it to them and I don't know. So, 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 yeah. So, I, I had been socially distancing um, until until recently. Now, you earlier on you had mentioned the stress that the alcohol ban being lifted has put on the system and in treating patients. What additional stresses have you experienced during the COVID nineteen pandemic? Luckily, not much. Eh? Um, yeah. So, besides stressing stresses about um resources human resources and just material resources and uh being burnt out i haven't had much of um stresses um and i think it's 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 because i've had uh, quite a good support system around me um yeah so and i 
even though I was anxious most of the times, I I had adapted a mentality of of taking it a day at a time, you know, and yeah. So I I wouldn't say I had more stresses, unfortunately. And lastly, uh, Samantha, before I let you go, with how the pandemic has affected people, did you have to make any distressing or difficult ethical decisions during this pandemic? Um, Yes. Um, Like I said earlier on, um, I'm a junior doctor, so I... Most of the, and and I'm quite protected in 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 the hospital that I'm working at. It's it's an it's an academic hospital, so it's it's quite protective of of its junior doctors. But I've seen how my seniors had to make decisions about beds. Um, you know, they they in in government there are always limited amounts of beds. Um, there was a time when one of the COVID wards were quite full and they had to make decisions about whether someone would go go to the ward or not. And also um, turning patients away, unfortunately, if they're not in that, in that catchment area. That was unfortunate times and it, it's still happening. But then if, if they accept patients that are not in that catchment area, then um, what happens to patients that are in that catchment area? You know, so it's unfortunate, but it, it had to happen, obviously. Um, that was Samantha Mangwani, a second-year medical intern doctor, sharing with us her experience on the front line and what dilemmas have come across her. Before that, we were joined by clinical nurse practitioner Pauline Ngomalo, sharing with us how the front line has been like for her and what her exposure has been like. This podcast was brought to you by Voice of Vids. By Voice of Vids. To hear more of our shows, tune in to 88.1 or streams by www.varfm.co.za.